your Locked On Canadiens, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 518 of Lockdown Canadians. And as always, thank you for making us your first listen of the day every single day of the week. We are available on all podcasting platforms, and it is a great day here at Lockdown Canadians. I am no longer fully in charge of this show and all that entails. I am one of your hosts. I am Scott Matlin. Once again, I am joined from the other side of the world by my fantastic co-host, Laura Sabat. Laura, it is but o'clock in wherever you are right now. Thank you for joining us today. I know it's <laughs> five o'clock in the morning. Hi everyone, remember me? Uh, it <laughs> is actually five o'clock in the morning, but I have been up since three. So I texted Scott and I was like, when are you recording? Cause I had, ah, don't worry about it, I got it. And I was like, well, I'm probably gonna be awake. And here I am, I'm very jet lagged, but very excited to join everybody after a week off and uh, and thank you, Scott, for holding down the fort. I got lots of rest. Holding down the fort feels like a bold strategy when Ian and I just talked about an obscene amount of disgusting food for two episodes. But uh, it was bad enough that Carly in, was in the kitchen when we recorded our last Friday episode and kind of poked her head around the corner and went, what? Several times. <laughs> so never a good sign. Uh, we're going to keep it brief today. It is still the end of the Christmas holidays. Both of us are recuperating, and I unfortunately have to go back to work tomorrow, which is not great. But to start things off here, World Juniors have begun. We are on to, I believe, the third game of the day. And right now, uh, taking place on ESPN Plus in the States and TSN in Canada and NHL Network anywhere else, uh, Canada is taking on Chech. Czech, Czechia. Is it Czechia or Czechia? I'm not 100% sure. I think sure. it's Czechia. There we, uh, I, I'm trying to not say Czech Republic because they asked to be referred to by Czechia. Um, earlier today, Finland with Oliver Kapanen took on and beat uh, Germany 3-1. Uh, Kapanen ended the game in the top six as their center, which is good news for the Canadians prospect. And Obviously, we know Caden Gooley is captain of Team Canada. That's a huge boost for him and the profile and a proud moment for the Canadians. And they are playing Jan Mishek, who is captaining the Chechia team there. And I, I guess, Laura, I know that prospects are more uh, my area of focus, but what are our expectations going into this tournament? Like if Canada with Gooley as captain doesn't win, it's considered a failure, right? I think anytime Canada doesn't win, it's considered a failure because we have an unhealthy portion of our identity tied to these young teenagers that are trying to play a game. Uh, I think, honestly, I think Canada having, they have to make, they have to get a medal is, is, is always the expectation. The expectation usually is gold, but I think all the other teams right now are becoming so much better as the years go on that it's always a challenge. It's always, it's always, it's getting harder and harder for Canada to just walk through, right? Which is a great thing for hockey. But I feel like in Canada, if it's anything less than gold, it feels like a disappointment. But 
I don't want to discount the effort and the talent and the work that goes into getting to a place like this, making that team and getting far in the tournament. I think we have to, you know, we have to remember these kids are, are pretty young and they're the future of the NHL. So, you know, I, maybe we need to tie a little bit less of our own personal identities to it. But I think with Caden Gooley as captain, it's it's a huge opportunity for them to solidify their their uh, I guess their talent their level uh, of competition. And I think for me is that the pressures a lot of Canadians fans are looking at Gooley and thinking he's going to be in the NHL next year and he's captain of Canada right now and everything that he does is a make or break kind of thing. And we we talked about this with Cole Caulfield last year during the tournament is that a what seven game sample should not be what we judge a prospect on. It is fun to see the evaluation during that and getting to see them on a national stage and they're the closest to a best on best tournament that you can get as an under 20 player short of somehow going to the Olympics. And I think there's a lot of pressure on Gooley rather that whether that's fair or not is up in the air to be quite honest. And with that, I think that kind of allows someone like Meshack to kind of be out of the spotlight. And that's a shame because I think Jan Meshack is going to be a huge part. The Czechia team is very fun. They're always a tough out in this tournament. You can't take them lightly. And I think there's a lot of fun to be had there. And Oliver Kapanen is on a Finland team where they're high level draft eligible. He just kind of blends in with that team despite making it due to a strong four nations tournament. And I'm really interested to see how fans react to that. I know all eyes are going to be on Caden Gooley. All eyes are going to be on Shane Wright, obviously like no one should be surprised by that. Um, but I think for Habs fans, there's a lot of the spotlight is firmly on Caden Gooley and team Canada. And I am, I am going to plead and peg with fans is that this tournament does not make or break an entire prospect. Like I said, we talked about this with Cole Caulfield. He didn't have the greatest world juniors last year. And guess what? He turned out just fine. and was a clutch playoff performer. Like take a deep breath. It's all right. And I, I don't want to have to repeat this more than once. Please do not cyber bully teenagers over a world hockey tournament. It's not cool. It's gross. And you should reassess a lot of your life in that. And if you're also Habs fans and you're paying attention to Shane Wright, Maybe take a look at the next couple of years because Connor Bedard is here. Mitevi Michkov is in here. And let me tell you, they are good as heck. And if you think Shane Wright's fun, you should take a look at both of these guys. Um, World Juniors is my favorite. I'm kind of sad that I'm at work so often that I might miss a handful of the games here. But we are going to be running a tally. Anything, anything cool happens or anything noteworthy happens, we will cover it on this show and keep you know everyone updated on what's happening. Laura, do you have any parting thoughts before we get into the next round of NHL news? I just want to talk real quick about what Jared Book said about Caden Gooley. It's like he looks like the kind of guy who he's not going to make a big splash at all, but you can pencil him in for 15 years and just rely on him. It's just like a reliable, solid choice. You won't have to worry about him. And that, as, as, as time goes on, that's more of what I'm seeing. You know, he's going to be a solid player. And I think that that's something that's really exciting. You know, he might not be... Uh, the next brilliant puck moving defenseman that the Canadians need. He's not going to be the game changer, but he's going to be somebody that you always can rely on on the back end. And that's what I'm hoping to see out of him in this tournament. From what I can tell, it's been about a period and a half, two periods. Uh, Canada's defense isn't doing all that great, but he himself is playing a solid game. Yeah. And 
like I said, uh, I plan on tuning in as I'm editing the show to kind of keep an eye on him and watch a little bit because I haven't had any Canadian hockey to watch in two, two weeks, two, three weeks at this point. I, time has no meaning, especially during the Christmas holidays. But in this last time period, since the holidays have ended, we have new news about the NHL taxi squads and their COVID response. And we're going to get into that coming up next. But first, folks. It is after the holiday season. We are in the height of holiday recovery. It is time for a new year when everyone is looking to be a better version of themselves, whether that be exercise or eating better in the morning. And let me tell you, folks, there is something for you. It is Built Bar. It is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, but it's low in sugar, low in calories, low in net carbs and fat, and amazingly high in protein you're going to get the best of both worlds. It's delicious and healthy. And there's an incredible amount of flavors. You can get fruit flavors like raspberry, cherry. Um, They had orange for a little while there. We got to try that. And then they have mint brownie, double chocolate, cookies and cream. There is something for everyone. If you want to get your new year kicked off right, or you just want something to help you kick through those mornings after the holiday, Built Bar is there for you. So go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, you're going to get 15% off your next order. So go in there, pick out your mixed pack, maybe get some Built Puffs or little marshmallowy treats. They are great for a snack any time of the day. Use promo code LOCKED15 and you're going to get 15% off your next order. So we are back and we have brand new news. The NHL in the midst of a massive, massive COVID outbreak uh, has decided to finally bring back the taxi squad. And I'm going to read a pair of tweets here from Frank Saravalli. And the first one, two notes from the NHL's memo on roster and salary cap changes today. Teams were notified that taxi squads are for readily available players and not salary cap management tools. In other words, not a vehicle to bank space between games as teams creatively did last year, and the cost for most everything, emergency recalls, taxi squad stipends, and taxi squad benefits will be borne by the NHLPA by virtue of the player share. In other words, it's part of players' 50% share of revenue pie, which will be added to the debt owed to the owners. And to break down all of that jargon, the players owe the owners a ton of money based off of last year because of cancellations, the money that the owners are owed. And until that debt is settled, and I believe it's in the billions of dollars at this point, the salary cap will not be rising at that point. And I believe the biggest change for the taxi squad is they upped the cap for what it is. It's up to a million dollars, I believe. And the players have to be called up to, you know, the taxi squad to be readily available to play. They can't send down, you know, we couldn't put Cole Caulfield on the taxi squad to save money or something like that between games. They have to be players who are playing. Emergency recalls are a little bit different now if you have uh, goalies and such. But the biggest thing is that the taxi squad is back to help try and own, to handle the, um, I, I don't want to say outbreak, but the outbreak of this to try and make it a little bit easier uh, right now. So, we know the taxi squad was a weird thing last year without all of its rules. It seems pretty broken down right now. Uh, Laura, this seems like a good opportunity for some of these AHL guys. The Rocket are on break until almost the new year now. So whenever they're allowed to practice, if they're allowed to practice due to the outbreak. So what, what are our thoughts on the new taxi squad here? And I have some thoughts on the players owing money to the owners after this, but <laughs> I will wait to hear your thoughts uh, first. I think the taxi squad is a good tool, 
But at the same time, in my mind, I wonder, I'm like, are they just endangering more people at this point? Uh, it, they, they did postpone the games another day or the whatever they call it, like the restart of the season another day um, so that they can analyze the, the tests that they had taken on Boxing Day, which is, uh, I guess, today when you're recording, but I'm already on Monday on the, at this time. So they did postpone it. They want to, you know, analyze the results and see what that means and all of that. I think what they're trying to do right now, my sense is they're, they're trying to gauge how contagious this is and how much of a risk it is to actually have these players face each other. And so to me, I think the taxi squad is an excellent uh, opportunity for young guys to make the team in a lot of in a lot of markets that's actually just been going on right we, we saw in in Montreal how many of the AHLers were just call-ups just based on injury before uh, COVID hit the team so I think it's a great opportunity for them I think it's a really good tool for the NHL teams as well and the players as well I just worry that it just makes it just puts more people at risk and as far as the owing money to the um to the, to the owners goes the way it is is that the, the season got canceled two years ago. Then there was a shortened season last year. But my understanding is that players were pay, pay, paid their salaries, whether or not the games were going on. So at this point, they've been paid for games they did not play, and they have to make good on that on that debt somehow. But at the same time, and I know we're going to talk a little bit more about this in our three up, three down. The NHLPA really feels at this point that they really can't do anything to protect their players or there's no willingness to do so. And that's the thing is for me is that I look at this and go, okay, it's fine that, you know, they have the taxi squads. It's very good to have something like that. Having um, safety nets in place is a good thing. If you were determined to just put your head down and play through this, and I'm not saying that is the right thing for them to be doing, but if that's what your plan is, you need to have contingencies in place. And that's what the taxi squad is there for. And when, cause the AHL goes long times between games, they can play on a Sunday night and be off until Friday, or they'll play Friday, Saturday and be off until like a Wednesday or something that gives NHL teams time to bring these guys up. It gives them practice time and whatnot at NHL facilities. And that's a good thing to keep people fresh and that if you have guys who might be who could be sick or not, you know, showing symptoms, it's there. The biggest thing for me out of this is that the NHLPA basically said, okay, taxi squads, by the way, all the players, if you want the salary cap to go up and get paid more, you're sacrificing that for this season. I get that players want to play. That's what they're there for. They're there to play hockey. And I look at this right now and go they're giving up so much again and like these the people who own these teams are not poor they could easily cover a lot of these costs but they want to keep their money because that's how you got to be a billionaire in the first place and the players sacrificed so much they were told they're going to uh china this year for the olympics out of their hands understandable but it sucks and now they're going to owe more money off of an already humongous debt because of covid at what point do you as the players go, this isn't right? Like we're giving up so much that now we're in debt further. We're not gonna be paying this off until I think they said 2024, 20, 25 is when they could expect the cap to go up again. Like that's a lot, that's a long time. And if you were some of these guys who are going into contract years and hoping the the cap would go up so you could get one final payday, I don't know, like it's, it's kind of scary if you're a player that like, I want to cash in for one last time, you might not be able to do that at this point. So I, 
I don't know. I'm I I am glad that they're putting the contingencies in place, but it feels like the owners are being extremely selfish in this and that they're not covering any of the cost. Like you're telling me that a guy like Jeff Molson who's one, owns one of the most profitable teams in the NHL couldn't handle some of this. Like MLSC own, who owns the Leafs, they are the second richest team, the Rangers who are worth more money than God can't front some money for this it's all falling on the players and it's like oh well if you don't do this you don't have taxi squads and guess what more games get canceled and no one gets to play it feels almost unfair to be dumping all this on them and i don't know if i'm just kind of overreacting to it or if that's how other people feel as well oh it's definitely you're not alone i i can absolutely agree with you on all of those things it does seem quite unfair and the thing is COVID is one of those things where it's like, it's unprecedented, right? But we've learned a lot over time and there's gotta be other ways for this to happen. Like footing the bill for not dying <laughs> or being able to take time off and isolate from your teammates. I think that, that that's really not fair. I, I just, I find that it's, it's, it, it's one of those things where it's so lopsided. And I think the NHLPA here is, is not necessarily at fault. I think they should have fought harder. Um, and the players right now, unfortunately, because of all the games that weren't played that they were paid for, are at a huge disadvantage, no matter what. But I, I feel like the bargaining should have been a little bit stronger. Yeah, and obviously there's probably more to come on this. We still don't know if teams can return to a lot of their arenas. The NHL was set to announce it. Uh, we are still waiting on that at any point in time here. So we will keep you updated on that as the situation changes. Obviously with the Canadians, we don't know if they're allowed to return to uh, Broussard to the practice rinks or not. But it is Monday, and that means it's time for three up, three down. It will obviously be a little less hockey-ish, I guess, because, uh, well, to be quite honest, there was no hockey for a week and a half. So, And we were going to get into that all coming up next. But first, BetOnline has you covered as we head into the new year with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues marching through college bowl season and the NFL playoffs are right around the corner. And BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. And Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your available favorite sports. So don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing new offers. Bet Online, where the game starts. So it is Monday, and as always, Laura and I like to do three up, three down. It is kind of our favorite segment because it allows us to cut loose a little bit, but without hockey for a week, it's going to be an interesting three up, three down, Laura. Uh, I can't exactly put Dominique Ducharme on my three down list when he hasn't done anything wrong in almost two weeks, can I? (laughs) I was going to say, we're going to have to get creative on this. I... I do think there are other candidates that have emerged, though, for three up, three down. I think the IIHF might be one of the biggest ones. Uh, I can I can I start? Is that is it okay for me to go ahead and and how how dare little... you assume you can start over? How dare you? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously the IIHF is one of mine because they canceled tournaments in January, which is the right thing to do based on the spread of Omicron. 
but they're allowing the world juniors to go ahead and they're outright canceling women's games, whereas they are postponing men's tournaments. And so I think that that's completely unfair and that there is no true argument for not allowing women's tournaments to continue. I, I think it is good to cancel at a time where this, the spread is, uh, of Omicron is, is rampant and, and I don't fault them for that. But treating the women's game as an optional, as something that they can do without. Uh, so this is now, I, I believe there are four women's tournaments that have been affected that they never, uh, that they never uh, uh, replaced or, or postponed or anything like that. They're outright canceled. And uh, I think that that's blatantly unfair. And they didn't cancel the one that's taking place right now. It doesn't make sense. It seems hypocritical. They could have postponed all of them. I think that would have been the most sensible way to go about things. And it just, it's, it's so unfair and it's honestly, I just, I I can't be more angry at them than I am right now. Yeah. And there was a tweet I saw that in the two years they've been canceling tournaments, there hasn't been a men's tournament affected, but every single women's tournament has been. And this is the second year in a row where the under 18 women's worlds has been canceled and they're allowing world juniors to happen right now. And to be quite honest, in one of the peak spots in Canada for COVID in Alberta, and there's nothing in the wall then they, and their excuses, it's not technically a January tournament when it begins in the end of December. And to be quite honest, it's such a bull crap answer that it's actually infuriating. And I admit freely that I don't, watch as much women's hockey as I could, especially at, you know, the under 18 levels and the development levels, but there were a lot of players and people who have put in time and effort to get there. And people talk about, well, there's still Marie Philippe Poulin and Hillary Knight and all these other players. How do you think the next generation of those players gets there? And it's at tournaments like these and two straight years, cutting them out at the knees at the last minute and allowing the world juniors tournament to go on is downright offensive. It's one thing to say, we're moving it to another date. They aren't doing that. It's they're outright canceling it. They're not giving it another shot. And to me, that's kind of gross. Like, how are you not going to do what you can with this to move it somewhere, even if it's, you know, a bubble situation or something. So I do think my three downs are going to have to go to the IIHF for this. But one of them, my downs might actually go to the NHLPA for, like I said, for an organization that is fighting for players, um, it feels a lot like the uh, NHLPA is just further getting them into debt where they're not going to get paid in the future kind of thing. And it's, I know we talked about it in the last thing, but it feels bad for the players. And I feel bad for these guys who want to cash in one last time before they retire. But if this is what it means to get through the season, the players, I guess, kind of felt they had no other choice really. I think that's it. I think that nobody wants the season to end. So they felt a little bit uh, like they had to. And like I said, in the previous segment, because of the money that they were, because of the games that they didn't play, that they were paid for, they are kind of sitting at a disadvantage at this point. Like they're, they're, they're coming, they're bargaining from a point of, of a disadvantage. And so, you know, I still think the NHLPA should have done more, uh, should have fought harder and there should have been some sort of compromise, like the 100% of the bill being footed by the NHL players to me seems really, really unfair. I think even a symbolic percentage footed by the owners would have been much better. And I just, I don't know. They're on my down right now. 
And I think, uh, I, I don't know, I can't think of another person uh, or another person or thing or entity uh, that would merit my third down at this point. There haven't been very many games. I've also been on the other side of the world. Um, I haven't been super up to date on upsetting things, but I will say one thing though, for the people that are arguing to stop testing asymptomatic players, like maybe you can be my three down. I did rant about this before, but I will say it again, just because they're asymptomatic does not mean they're not contagious. There does not mean that they're not putting other high risk people in danger. And so stop arguing that. I think mandatory testing for everybody is good. I think, you know, at this point, we have to do what we can to protect vulnerable people. It's clear that the virus isn't going away. For people saying it's not going away, who cares? Stop testing asymptomatic people. That's that's very, very dangerous because there are people that even with three vaccines still have no immunity because they have some sort of immunocompromised uh, health issue and things like that. Like Those are the people that we're trying to protect. And these players have families. These players come into contact with other human beings in their day-to-day lives. Some of these players might be at high risk and not even know it. So I think that not testing asymptomatic people right now at this stage of the virus is not the way to go. And I would agree with that too, is that like the testing needs to, you need to continue it. Cause guess what? You might be healthy, but you might be carrying it. And the last thing we want is this to spread further. And I, I think we all are very tired of this and we just want things to go back to the way they should be or can be like when life was normal. So, um, and I guess our, for three ups this week is I'm hopeful that, you know, just three ups. I hope uh, for our listeners and our fans out there, and even those who might hate us, I hope you all had a Merry Christmas. You're all on our three up list this week, except for the Texas Rangers who are trying to kill Ian and myself. We're pretty sure, but um, it's been a very long year and I hope everyone had a chance to celebrate with family, loved ones, or even if you wanted to do something quietly, I hope you all had a very happy holiday. You are all on our three up list this week. Um, it's been a very strange roller coaster of a year here at Locked On Canadians, and we will have more as we head into the new year. But we want to thank you all very much. You've been great to us and so much more. Uh, Laura, did you have anything else to add before we let our listeners go today? I also am very grateful for our listeners. And I do want to say, though, if you have any moments from this year, like really high or really low moments, you know, there was that run. Obviously, right now the team's not doing well. There was that draft pick that we're not happy about. All of your highs and lows, can you send them to us at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter? Or you can email us at LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com. And also for those of you who won prizes, we are still coordinating, getting them to you. We have not forgotten about you. I've just been in a different country and traveling and all of that. But we will be getting those prizes out to you ASAP. Yes. And as always, folks, thank you for making us your first listen of the day every single day. You can follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. You can follow Laura at The Active Stick as she posts all her fancy photos from the other side of the world. You can follow me at Scott Matlow, where I post photos of my dogs who's been on painkillers all week. Um, thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed us, please check out Lockdown Bets, where your boy Q and Lee Sterling have been killing it with all their predictions. And if you're betting on the, on the NFL or bowl games, They're going to have absolutely everything you need there. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you all next time.